You're listening to the Greek's Gridiron, live with Ethan Haristadoulou. Good morning, good morning everyone, and welcome back to the Greek's Gridiron. Week 6 Sunday game day is here. We got another episode for you guys discussing all the games. I'm going to be changing up my Sunday format video for you guys today. I want to see what you all think about this one. We got a great slate of games coming down off of a not a super close Thursday night game to kick off the week. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers obviously taking down the Eagles in a 28-22 game there. I am currently 6-0 on my Thursday night prediction, so shout out to the Buccaneers for keeping that streak alive. So... As always, let me know what you guys think in the comment section down below of just this style of video. And also, let me go. And let me know what you guys think of these games. Who do you think is going to win? Let's talk about it down in the comments. Please let me know. I would love to see what you all think. Uh, and of course, like, subscribe, all the good, sh- all the good stuff. Help out the channel and whatnot. Now. Let's see how this is going to be done. Like I said, I'm changing up the format of this a little bit. Uh, So there's going to be some different things on screen here. First things first that you'll see up at the top of the screen. We've got ourselves the game picks, the record, everything like that. I'm currently 47 and 34 on the season. I had a couple of bad weeks, but three really good weeks. So doing okay prediction wise a little bit not as good as i wanted it to be i guess but we are still doing pretty solid there obviously kicking off the week right with a win so let's talk about these games who i think is going to win kind of what's going on in them that i think will be sort of like deciding factors for the games and ultimately again who i think is going to come out on top with game number one starting out really early in the morning 9 30 a.m eastern time we got miami at jacksonville quote unquote even though the game is in london this is going to be an interesting game because two is coming back, but the Dolphins are missing Xavier Howard, their top cornerback. They still have Byron Jones, so I mean, solid player in the secondary, but losing Howard or or Byron Jones, like vice versa, definitely hurts what's already a struggling defense. Overall, the Dolphins are uh, they're they're not doing great in passing, and not having Howard is not is not really helping them out in any way. The Dolphins are currently tied at 29th with passing touchdowns allowed at 12. Uh, so. That kind of works out in the Jaguars' favor. This is a game that I think kind of sways into the Jaguars' favor in a number of different ways. The passing offense of the Jaguars hasn't really been prolific or anything to write home about, but because of the inability for the Dolphins to stop the passing game, this is a good opportunity for Trevor Lawrence to really have like his first big NFL game where I'm talking like, you know, 300 yards, two or three touchdowns, something like that, that really solidifies him as like the guy in Jacksonville. So I do think that this is a good opportunity there. Um, Offensively for the Dolphins, I just, I don't know, they're kind of a mess right now. Two is coming back, which is good. But when you look at what the Jaguars have been doing as far as passing goes on their end, I mean, they're 10th in the league in passing touchdowns allowed at seven. So, I mean, it's surprisingly the run defense on Jacksonville has been pretty good. And then on top of that, they haven't really let up a bunch of touchdowns. And I don't know if that's like competition they're playing, but I'm not a hundred percent sure, but surprisingly the Jaguars defense a little bit better than what Miami's got going over there. Ultimately, both teams have been really ineffective at going after the quarterback, which again, I think is going to help out both sides here, but I think it's going to really help out Trevor Lawrence. He's the one that's been in the action since, you know, from week one to five to his missing games, going to knock off some rust. Hopefully, it's not a disaster for Miami, but I just think that this is really the Jaguars have a chance to notch their first win this week going up against the Dolphins. And, you know, with Howard being out two is knocking off rust, I'm kind of worried about the Miami Dolphins. So for this game, I'm going to be picking the Jaguars as the winners. Now, for game number two, we got ourselves 
uh, the oldest rivalry in the NFL. If, if, if like, what is there else to really say about it? Green Bay at Chicago. A couple of questions I came up with while I was looking over this game here is can the Green Bay offense overcome the Bears' strong defense? Earlier this year, I was kind of saying that I wasn't really sure if Chicago's defense was going to be up to par with where it's been. Um, you know, they were playing at playoff level just a few years ago when Mitch Trubisky was the quarterback there. And now, as the weeks have gone by, I feel like Chicago's defense has really gotten better and better and better. A little bit surprised because I did not expect them to show up and show out the way that they have, but they have been. The second question that came to mind is, can Chicago's offense keep up with Green Bay? Should Rodgers and company really start to get hot and get things rolling? Packers are going to be missing Jair Alexander. That heavily favors the Bears offense, especially for somebody like Justin Fields, who is still, you know, dipping his toes in the water of the NFL as a starter and getting used to things going on. Um, Like, I think I said this maybe last week. I like the Bears better with Justin Fields starting. It adds another dynamic to the game. The scrambling aspect is something that all the teams in the NFL should be starting to slowly move into. Granted, you know, Tampa Bay has Tom Brady, and Tom Brady doesn't really move, or I'm trying to think. Ben Roethlisberger doesn't really move like he used to anymore, but those are like the similar style quarterback that isn't really scrambling much, where one offense is super successful and one isn't, or at least has not been as successful, I want to say. I don't want to say that the Steelers' offense hasn't been effective, but it's struggled at times. But the mobility in quarterback seems to be a league-wide transition that we're going through right now, where everyone's starting to be able to move the football. does not matter who it is that's throwing the ball. Um, the Bears are going to be missing running back David Montgomery, which hurts that offense there. So a couple of injuries to note going into this game. But ultimately, those two questions that I asked, I think really boil down to everything. Ultimately, I, I think that the Packers are the favorite here going into this game. Just when you when you look at you know Aaron Rodgers versus Justin Fields, you can kind of hope that Aaron Rodgers is going to be good for like 24 to potentially 30 points. Typically, these games do come down to the wire when it comes to Chicago and Green Bay. However... You know, despite the bad rep that the Packers defense has been getting, they've actually been not as terrible as they could be. There are some other teams obviously having far worse defensive years. They're actually doing better than the Bears defense in yards allowed. However, on the flip side of things, the Bears defense it has the leg up when it comes to score scores a lot or not scores scoring allowed. Um, so ultimately what matters most, the bears are keeping people out of the end zone. The Packers, it sounds like are giving up more points, but maybe allowing shorter fields. I don't really know how that whole dynamic is really working out there, but the Packers defense has not been as terrible. The bears, however, have been disrupting every single quarterback they go up against. They're sitting at 18 sacks already. That's first in the league. So they can get after it and get to the quarterback when they need to. So disrupting offense is the name of their game. This really boils down, I think, ultimately to the Packers offense versus that Bears defense and just how how much can the Bears defense clamp down on Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, all the other guys they got going on over there. Uh, so I'm going with the Packers on this one here. I think that's more of a safer pick, but I see Packers coming out on top over the Bears in this second game. For the third one, we have Cincinnati going up against the Detroit Lions who are just... The heartbreak team of America, it feels like this year, where week in and week out, they're like this close to winning and have the game stolen with seconds left. Uh, we watched, you know, two different times they've lost a game due to a game ending field goal. This is the best 0 5 team I think I've ever seen, to be completely honest with you guys. They are competing with teams that are really, really good in the Ravens. Uh, and then they're also losing to teams like, you know, the Vikings and, and everyone else that, you know, win loss record isn't great. They're not terrible teams, but they're not great teams either. But the games are still also close. 
Very competitive under Dan Campbell. Super impressed with what they've been doing. Uh, overall, this is kind of a mismatch, uh, mismatch, though. I mean, Bengals to Lions roster-wise, talent mismatch. On, and then, I mean, coming off of such a tough loss with Cincinnati last week, they've got to be kind of... They're coming into this game. This is must-win for Cincinnati. And I know that everyone in that roster, Joe Burrow included, who has been so impressive this year, is is probably... they're You know, they're going to get in that locker room today. Everyone's going to kind of look at each other and be like... We better not lose this game. So this is more of a must win. And I just think that the Bengals are coming in a little bit hotter just because they lost to the Packers. Yes, but they lost by three. So they're coming in hot. They're feeling good. They stayed really competitive with what has been a perennial contender in the NFC for the last however many years since, you know, before, like back to Brett Favre, if you want to go all the way back. So Cincinnati, I think, gets the win on this one. I'm picking Bengals. Fourth game, we have Houston at Indianapolis. Uh, this was kind of a tough one. I'm not going to lie. I'm a Colts fan. And initially, I wanted to just be like, yeah, go Colts. But, you know, I wanted to take the time to look into it. And Houston has been impressive uh, to in some aspects. I don't want to say a lot of aspects, but they have been in some. They, you know, they took the Patriots to the limit just last week. It was a very close game. They jumped out to a massive lead and then just kind of lost it all. I don't really know what happened there. They kind of got started getting cute with the fake punt thing and everything. But aside from all that, Indianapolis does have the better roster. They have the better quarterback. Uh, you know, Davis Mills is somebody that I was actually high on going into the draft. I had the Steelers, I think, taking him. I felt like he would be a good fit over there. Coming out of Stanford, pro-style offense, I really liked just what he brought to the table, and he looked really good in his pro day as well. However, the Texans, man, they have been a mess. That you know, They won that first game against the Jaguars week one, and since then they just have not really looked great. And, and even in the games that they did look good, they ended up collapsing and losing. So I'm going to go with Indianapolis on this one. They're getting wide receiver T.Y. Hilton back, which is only going to help their case in this scenario. I think the Colts defense is really good when the offense is continuing to move the football. That is the big key there. The offense cannot just jump out to 22 to three leads and then stop doing stuff the rest of the game. That was the biggest problem against the Ravens on Monday night is the offense was doing well, which allowed the defense to stay off the field for more time, get more rest in between drives. And then ultimately you get into that second half of the game, the offense stopped doing anything. And then you have a complete meltdown because the defense is on the field for literally the majority of the second half. So give me the Colts over the Texans for this one. Next up on the list, we have ourselves the LA Rams and the New York Giants. And ultimately, this one just boils down to the amount of injuries that the New York Giants are dealing with. There are so many people hurt. They lost Saquon Barkley again. And then on top of that, Daniel Jones was concussed last week. I'm surprised he's even playing this week because he would, dude, he was falling over himself getting off the field. So this is really boiling down to I just think that the the depth and just the amount of injuries that the Giants are dealing with in this game. It's really unfortunate because I was pretty excited to see how this Giants team was going to go, but they have not been able to get their entire offensive unit on the field at the same time, and that is obviously a problem for them. The Giants defense has been pretty good, but ultimately, I mean, you have the LA Rams that are just firing on all cylinders right now. They're beating just about everybody. Their only loss is to the number one team in the league in the Cardinals. So I'm going to go with the Rams on this one. They have the better roster. They have the health on their side. The Giants are they're, they're reeling from injuries right now, and they're just kind of in a bad spot, and it's really unfortunate to see what's happening with them. For the next game, this one took me a little bit to kind of go over because I was not really sure how this one's going to go, but I think, I think I've been able to kind of look at it and, and kind of break things down. We have the Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Washington football team. 
This is basically a showdown between two really struggling defenses. One defense in the Washington football team that I thought was going to be a lot better just based off their play last year. That front line, it, they have so many first rounders and they were shut. I mean, they almost beat the Buccaneers in the playoffs. So I, I, it's not quite the game that or not quite the team that I thought this was going to be defensively. But then you look at the Chiefs defense. What the heck are they doing? I mean, these teams are bottom in all multiple categories in the league, like 31, 32, interchangeable between the two of them. Both teams are allowing up a ton of yards. They're not getting pressure on the quarterback. They are allowing a lot of points. I mean, the Chiefs are surprisingly at, at two and three, and I don't think anyone saw that coming. Um, there's The edge really just ends up going to the offense on the Chiefs in this one when you really start to look at things. They have Patrick Mahomes. They have Tyreek Hill. They have Travis Kelsey. I don't really know if I'm sold on Taylor Heineke for Washington football team's offense yet. That's probably the biggest question mark there. And at a position like that, it makes things hard because he has some really great games. But then he he has other games that, you know, he looks like not the starter for Washington. And so ultimately, I think that the Chiefs are in. This is, you know, another scenario kind of like the Bengals must win situation. They need to get this game in the win column. They are sitting at two and three. A lot of people pegged them for 13 wins or more. I expect them to have about 13 wins or more, maybe 12 at worst. And right now they're already flirting with having less than that amount total, having three losses on the board and a fourth loss is not going to help their case. So I think Chiefs you know, everyone's questioning their ability right now. And if they lose this game, everyone's going to really start questioning their ability to make it all the way to the playoffs this year. I think Chiefs pull out the W. Seventh game on the list here. We have Minnesota and Carolina going up against each other, the Vikings and the Panthers. This one uh, was labeled the toss up by a lot of people because it's really anyone's game. And I'm going to be honest with you. I have the winner written down on my notes here. And then uh, thankfully, I'm editing the teams. Go and if you haven't noticed already, I'm editing the teams that I pick going across the screen here or going this way, uh, post recording as opposed to during the recording. I'm so I'm glad I don't have to kind of pick on the spot or not pick on the spot. I'm kind of glad I don't have to pick it right now and kind of like he here's what I'm looking at. Christian McCaffrey's out. And it sucks. Chuba Hubbard's doing a solid job. The running game has been pretty good in Carolina, but the passing game has just not been there. Sam Darnold has... He looked good the first three weeks. The last couple of weeks, he looks more like the Sam Darnold we've been accustomed to. Then, I mean, when you look at Minnesota, this is a team that has so much talent, so much potential, and is not living up to that potential. They were able to... They were barely able to beat the Lions last week, and I just... I picked Minnesota to be the number two team ultimately at the end of the season in the division for the NFC North, and I thought it would be close with the Packers. But right now, it's like the Packers and then the Bears are there doing a good job on defense, offensive struggles, obviously. And then you have the Vikings with such a talented roster underperforming. I know it's early in the season. We have so much more left to go, but I expected the Vikings to be, you know, sitting at maybe four and one, three and two at worst, but here they are under 500 and I don't understand what's going on there. Really this, this, the, the offense. And, and on top of that, like, if you look at the, if you look at like offensively, the teams rank really close. Uh, Minnesota beats them out with like 22 more points scored through these first five weeks, which isn't a ton. That's, you know, an extra like, what, five, four points per game, something like that, four and a half, whatever it may be. 
the game's going to boil down to what defense ends up being more effective in stopping the other team's offense, which both teams' offenses have been very hot and cold. So I think whatever defense really clamps down, and you do give the edge to Carolina in that one, you know, I think whatever defense clamps down leads their team to victory in this game. <sighs> I have a winner written down in here, but I don't know if I want to go with them. But I think... Oh, this is tough, man. I really care about my record, which is such a silly thing. Like I'm, I, like when I look at the screen and it says forty-seven and thirty-four, it makes me upset because I want to be better than that. I wanted to, I want to, like right now, I'd, I would love to be sitting at like, you know, fifty-five wins and you know only twenty some odd losses. But <sighs> I'm gonna go with the Panthers. I'm going to go with the Panthers. I think the Panthers come out with the victory on this one here. Like I said, this is a toss-up game. It's going to really come down to whoever's defense ends up clamping down the opposing team's offense. I'm going to go with the Panthers. I have that written down on the paper too, but I was really second-guessing myself. I'm going to go with the Panthers. Gut feeling, Panthers take the W in this one. For game number eight, LA Chargers at Baltimore Ravens. Another one that I am just not sure who is going to win. You have, and, and there's a lot of interesting stuff going into this one here. You have the league's worst run defense in the Chargers going up against the league's best running offense in the Ravens. Then on top of that, the Chargers have one of the best passing attacks. They're ranked third in the league versus the Ravens who are ranked 29th in passing defense. So third best passing offense versus one of the worst ranked passing defenses. The worst ranked run defense versus the best ranked running offense. We have two offenses that have some very strong strengths going up against two defenses that struggle to defend those strengths. And then on top of that, both of these teams are led by outstanding coaching. John Harbaugh, Staley. I mean, you have Harbaugh's aggressive and he's always been aggressive. I think, you know, it, one of the few coaches that, during like that Patriots dynasty going on there could lead a team out there into Gillette stadium and actually win. And like that, I think that says a lot about the coach that John Harbaugh is. Then you look at Staley, new guy, baby face, you know, he, ha he is not afraid to go for it on fourth down fourth and nine, man. I watched the chargers go for it on fourth and nine and they got it done. Um, this is, a, this is going to be a competitive game. I don't, my worry is that the Ravens can just not worry, but like the, my thought here is that the Ravens can just, they can do it on the ground. They can do it through the air. The chargers can definitely do it through the air. I've watched Justin Herbert light it up as a passer, man. He is so impressive. I don't know if the running game for the chargers though, can keep up. If I, oh man, if, this is another, this is another game where I'm second guessing myself. And like, I really want to pick the right one on this one. I have a gut feeling though the Ravens pull out the W. They you know they were they really like uh, Lamar Jackson arrived when he got his MVP award, but I think he like doubled down on that arrival this past Monday night when he was able to come back on the Colts and you know the dude th totaled up 504 total yards of offense as a player. Like he literally has more offensive yards than I think what is it like 14 teams in the league or something like that. He's ranked 8th in total yardage and that's higher than like 14 other teams in the league. I'm going to go with the Ravens. I think the biggest deciding factor here really is just experience. You have a young QB, second year, first year head coach, as opposed to Jackson, who's been in the league a few years now. John Harbaugh, who has been around. He's won a Super Bowl. I think experience ultimately wins out in this one. I'm going to go Baltimore Ravens. This is going to be a good game. I'm excited for it. 
I cannot wait to watch. I think it's going to be a very good game, if not probably the best game of the week. I, the, the potential is really there for this one. Next game up, we have Arizona going up against Cleveland. I had Arizona winning this game up until yesterday. Uh, I don't know, and I, and this is a third game here in a row where I'm like kind of flip floppy on who I think is going to win. Like it was a shoe in that era. I picked Arizona for this one, but they're going to be without their head coach and other personnel due to COVID stuff. This is two playoff contenders from opposite conferences. This is like a potential Super Bowl matchup here, realistically, if the Arizona Cardinals can continue to keep rolling and the Browns on their side of the field. Um, the real big question at this point now is, you know, can Arizona overcome the lack of, you know, the, the lack of coaching personnel, especially losing their head coach? We saw what happened to the Saints earlier this year, and my God, were they a mess. Granted, they had like 11 or 12 coaches missing as opposed to the like three or four that I think Arizona is going to have missing. So I don't think it's going to hurt Arizona as much, but not having your head coach kind of sucks. Um, oh. If I pick the Browns here, it's because of the fact that the Arizona Cardinals lack the coaching staff. It's not that I don't think that they don't have the Cardinals don't have the talent to win because I think ultimately the Cardinals as a unit are probably one of the most talented teams in the league right now. They can do it any way that they want. Passing, running, their defense has been great. Oh my goodness, uh, I'm gonna go Cleveland on this one. I think the Browns went out. Um, again, ultimately the deciding factor here is just the fact that the Cardinals do not have their head coach and they're missing some personnel. Again, we saw what happened to the saints. Granted, it's not on such a large scale, but you're losing your, you know, the leader, the head coach. That's kind of tough. Somebody else is going to call his game plan. I'm sure it's not going to be the exact same way. It's not Stefanski picking the, you know, in those moments, picking those final plays. Oh, hello, gravy. How you doing, buddy? I'm going to need to move you off here. <laughs> That's my cat, everyone. Um, the next game that we have up on the list, we have the Las Vegas Raiders going up against the Denver Broncos. Uh, the Raiders are reeling after losing John Gruden, and they've been reeling for the last couple of weeks dealing with all this stuff. Uh, Denver has dropped two of their uh, two. What is it? Yeah, the last two games they played. However, Jerry Judy's coming back. Also, on top of that, Ronald Darby came back last week, and I think after another week of being back, you know, he's going to really be rolling here. So defense is getting a little bit of juice. Offense is getting Jerry Judy, which, you know, Jerry Judy is probably their best wide receiver. Maybe number two Denver fans, you tell me whether I'm right or wrong there. On top of that, Broncos, they're a very conservative offense. Their goal is to protect the football at all costs, which they are one of the best in the league at doing that. They have very few turnovers this year. Raiders only have three takeaways, and they are one of the lowest, uh, one of the, you know, I think they're like second worst in the league, something like that. I think that Broncos are in a good situation to win. This game goes to the Broncos. Uh, whether the Raiders catch their footing coming off the last couple of weeks, I don't know, but I, I don't think it's likely. I think it's going to take a little bit for the Raiders to kind of find their ground and get back to going, you know, and looking as good as they did those first three weeks of the season. Next up, we have the Cowboys and the Patriots. Basically, the big conversation here is can the Patriots offense keep up with the Dallas Cowboys offense and can the Patriots shut down the Cowboys defense? Pats are the number five defense in yards allowed this year. Um, they have played a lot better than I think some people give them credit for. Granted, they did struggle. They let Davis Mills put up 300 yards and three touchdowns on them last week. That was pretty wild to watch. Uh, but once they kind of clamped down, second half adjustments came in. I mean, they couldn't really do anything offensively. I don't know if the Patriots are going to be able to shut down the Cowboys def uh, offense as well as they did the Texans in that second half there, but um, Cowboys typically struggle when it comes to going up against the Patriots. 
but if this is, you know, new era, new quarterback leading the offense. The Patriots have not been scoring a ton, and we have seen what the Cowboys have been doing. They are one of the top scoring offenses in the league. You know, I was skeptical coming into the season about the Cowboys, but week in and week out, they are just dropping points left and right, and their defense has been playing better than expected. I'm going to pick Cowboys on this one. I think the Cowboys come out with a W in Gillette Stadium. Next game that we have up, this is Sunday Night Football. We're looking at Seahawks at Pittsburgh. Seahawks just lost Russell Wilson for a while. Um, Not a great situation. The Steelers' offense last week looked good finally. Defense is obviously one of the better in the leagues. If the offense can match that pace, this should be a shoe win for the Steelers. This is a game that on paper prior to Russell Wilson would have been an awesome Sunday night game. Now it kind of hurts because Geno Smith is going to be the starter. And I'm not knocking Geno Smith, but he's not Russell Wilson. I think the Seahawks struggle offensively here. They're going up against a pretty good defense. Steelers should be taking the W here. And then the last game of the week, the Monday night, the Buffalo Bills taking on the Tennessee Titans in Tennessee. This is uh, an interesting game because the Titans are so hot and cold. You know, they got blown out by the Cardinals. They lost to the Jets. And then they had some pretty convincing wins against bad teams. Buffalo, though, let's just look at the numbers here. They boast the number two scoring offense and also in yards only because Tampa Bay played on Thursday night. They also have the number one defense in points allowed and in yards allowed. They're number one in both categories, pretty much. If you know you take away Tampa Bay's game from this past week. Titans are getting A.J. Brown back. Julio Jones still dealing with, a, I think, a hamstring thing. Um, they have just been so woefully inconsistent. I can't really go with them. I don't believe in the Titans right now, and this is not me being a Colts fan, hating on my division rivals. Uh, you know, you lose to the Jets, and... The Jets are, you know, the Jets are the Jets right now. This should be a Buffalo Bills win. I don't know if it's going to be close. Tennessee might be able to keep it close. They're at home. They have the crowd on their side. But the Bills have slapped around everyone that they have gone against since losing to the Steelers week one. And uh, something tells me that that continues again this week. And that is my preview for the week. I would love to know what you all think of the games. Who do you think is going to win? What am I getting right? What am I getting wrong? Let me know in the comment section down below. I will catch you guys um, Tuesday for Power Rankings. I'll catch you guys Tuesday for Power Rankings. Thank you all for watching. Enjoy the rest of your week and have a good one, everybody.